Welcome to the Fearless Mom Podcast, where our goal is to give practical tips and tools to help moms actually enjoy parenting. Whether you're watching or listening by yourself or you're with a group, we're just so glad that you've joined us. And remember, we never wanna add to your already long to-do list. We just wanna help you be intentional with what you're already doing. Hey guys, welcome to the Fearless Mom Podcast. This is Julie Richard, and I have a special guest with us today. Aww. Go ahead and introduce yourself, special guest. I am Mac Richard. I had the distinct privilege and blessing of being married to Julie, and it's only been about 30 years, but so far it seems to be working out. Yeah, we're going to stick it out. Yeah. I think it's going to work. I do too. So thanks for being here with us today. We are in this a series. Fun. Well, I'm glad you think so, because we're going to talk about discipline today. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, but... we'll see. Um, so we're <laughs> We're in a series about discipline, and I said I was going to have some guests. Mm -hmm. So next week, Emily and Joseph will join us. I really want to be there when that is being recorded. Yeah, I, I'm a little nervous about it because it I is told fascinating them, to look at like it's your parenting through the eyes of your adult children. Yeah, I told them I said I'm, I'm not going to. I don't want you to prepare. I'm going to ask you about what you remember and yeah i know uh, i'm not screening them i'm not yeah, yeah which is a little nerve-wracking but i trust them should i i think so i think i think at this point we've had enough conversations around the table we're all, i think we're pretty aware of where we messed up and they are becoming more and more aware of it absolutely so as we dive in to discipline together. I wanted you to join us because I think there's so much, Mac. Um, every time, every time, literally, I do a Q&A, someone asks me either, how do I get my husband on board? Yeah. Or how do yeah. I get my child's dad on board? Or my husband or my child's dad is too strict or not involved. Right, right. So I just wanted to hear from your perspective um, how to do that. What do you think about that, about um, getting getting dads involved? Obviously, we always teach the ideal is for mom and dad to be on the same page. Sure, sure. That's the goal and, and really hard to achieve sometimes. It is. And I think coming from a single parent home, I kind of had a unique perspective on it because my mom carried the discipline wait for three boys by herself and, and and it's interesting because I think that's that's where a lot of you know so much of what we do as parents comes from what we came out of good bad and ugly absolutely your food, and most of it's subconscious it, by the yeah. way your food your family of origin family of origin the Foo Fighters if you will yes yeah um but but I think I still remember my mom sitting my brothers and me down after my dad had left, and there was this moment that is etched in my brain, I mean, just seared, when she sat us down one time and she said, and there, nothing had happened, we hadn't had a, a blow up or anything like that, but she said, I need to speak to you three. And she sat us down very dramatically in the living room, but it was, it was one of those defining moments for me, because I remember her saying, you know, for better or worse, I'm in charge now, and it's me. I didn't, none of us wanted this. None of us thought that this was where we would be, but here we are. And she said, and if this is going to work, 
the three of you are going to have to listen to me. She goes, and I'll never forget what she said, Julie. She said, just because I'm not six feet tall and do not have a bass voice does not mean you don't have to listen to me. You have to do what I ask you to do if this is going to work. Now, I would love to tell you that from that moment forward, I was always respectful and always did exactly as my mother asked. Sure, absolutely. Didn't work out quite that way, but I will tell you that was the first time that I remember understanding authority, authority in the home that then helped me when I got into a workplace environment or when I had coaches or when I had teachers. But it was my mom expressing that in that way. And we were, I was probably 13 or 14 and my brothers were 12. So we were old enough to know what was going on at that point. It's not like you're trying to, to uh, get a toddler to understand this conceptually. But that idea of authority was what I brought to the table as a husband and then as a father was if this is going to work, somebody has to be in charge. And in the home, it's either going to be mom and or dad, or it's going to be the kids. And the kids aren't ready for that. So we had to come together as a team as we like to say, you know, as we like to say, discipline is a team sport. It is. Parenting is for sure a team sport. And I understand there are single parents out there. I, I'm, as I said, I'm a product of a single parent home and it can be done. And I believe with everything I have that God supernaturally fills in the gaps when a parent is not in the home. Having said that, when we are talking about husband and wife, mom and dad discipline, that's a team sport. And like, I think with everything in marriage, the most important thing is that you are on the same page. And the only way to get there is to communicate about it. And again, we're talking about God's design, God's yes. desire, God's ideal. And that is for mom and dad to be on the same page. That does not always happen. And when that is not there, it does not absolve us of the responsibility right. of parenting. So I'm a mom. I, in an ideal world, you and I are working together, but I have friends who their husband either is outside the home or he travels or he is not in the game. Yeah. I have friends yeah. in every situation and that does not absolve mom of responsibility of doing what she can do. Right. So I am called as mom to parent my kids to discipline. And we look at discipline as not just giving negative consequences. It's not just punishment. Discipline is, it encompasses all of the teaching and training, directing and correcting in order to equip our kids to be resilient, competent, independent adults. Hopefully so, one day. Hopefully one day. Yes, <laughs> but train I think up it's a child to... in the way he should. Absolutely. Go. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think it's important to understand that discipline in its best sense and in its best use is not punishment it's preparation yeah and that's what we're doing we're preparing our, hopefully we're preparing our kids to one day move out and be able to buy their own food and be constructive members of society that is the goal and that's what we're working toward we keep that 2020 perspective yeah. that 2020 vision um, it's not about enduring the next 20 minutes it's about enjoying the next 20 years we keep that perspective we remember god's design is for us to work as a team but all in all, that we say that in Fearless Mom all the time. I can do what I can do. And yeah. I have to be the mom that I'm called to be. And 
we get a lot when we talk about the three different parenting styles. Again, everyone comes into parenting with a perspective, whether it's a healthy one or not, and whether it's intentional or not, yep. either by default or by design, you come in with a perspective. And sometimes maybe you grew up or your take is an authoritarian where it is all rules, no relationship. Sometimes yeah. it is permissive, all relationship, no rules. But research shows that the healthiest form, and actually the Bible directs us to the authoritative, which mm -hmm. is rules with relationship, rules built on a foundation of relationship. And that's where we want to be. And so, again, God's design, God's uh, you know, ideal is for us to work together on that. But we say at Fearless Mom, you know, you can control a lot of things in your life, but heads up, you cannot control your husband. <laughs> so my job is to do the best that I can. You and I work together as a team. But as we go forward, and as we talk about working as a team, Mom, if you're listening and you're thinking, well, yeah. wouldn't that be nice? That's not your job. Your job is to say, I can do what I can do. And I do. think, too, one of the things that I think Fearless Mom does so well if I may say so, Thanks, is man. that you, Fearless Mom, raises topics and conversations that are hard to bring up out of the blue. And so just by having this conversation, just by having this podcast accessible, now you've kind of created an opportunity and given people, husbands and wives, the, the you give them permission to have the conversation. Now a wife can go, I don't know. What'd you think about what they said? I don't know. What'd you think about what they said? And just then, even that is having more of a conversation about it than a lot of people have, because I think most couples come to parenting from different perspectives because they come out of different environments that they grew up in. And so they're going to have a different take on what it ought to look like and and just how it's going to happen. You bet. And every blog, article, podcast has a different opinion. Sure. Which is why we go, okay, look, I, I got to say, what yeah. transcends personality? What transcends temperament? What transcends your upbringing, your experience, your exposure? And we go to God's word. Transcends and we go, what's popular. Yeah. Help us figure out. Because there are always parenting strategies um, that are being floated out there and there's some good and some bad. And so we filter everything we study, everything we read through scripture. Absolutely. And then we consider, guess what? This is God's humor that he would bring two people together in marriage that come from different families of origin, that different experience, different exposure and different personality and temperament. And then go, okay, now it's your job to together parent these children who, by the way, are going to come into the world with their own personality no and temperament. And I think that's one of the things too, that you see a lot of times is it's not only the family that you come from, but it's also just your raw personality. I think like my temperament is huge. I, my personality was such that I didn't always have the right tone, but I knew for our kids' sake, not for my sake, but I knew for our kids' sake that you and I had to be in charge. We had to take the reins. It's not, it's not fair to the child to expect them to know the right thing to do right. all the time. And as a parent, it's, so I'm, that's, I think a lot of that's just my temperament, my personality anyway. But I know a lot of people don't have, a lot of people are go along to get along. They're more nurturing than, than I am naturally, which I know is hard to believe. But, <laughs> but if you're more nurturing, if you tend to be more nurturing, then 
it's going to be harder for you sometimes to kind of draw the line when it must be drawn. And, and there will be those times. the role of authority. Always. And the reality is our children, we say this a lot, like the child who's fighting for control mm-hmm. actually feels out of control when given control. Always. And every, so. Not, not most of the time. Every single time period hard stop when we want we know we want our children to feel safe we want them to feel secure we want them to trust us and embracing the role of authority and saying i am the adult and god has given me this responsibility and therefore i will be in charge and i have to give positive and negative consequences it's my job to make the decision here actually makes that child feel safer. You're doing them a favor. You're doing them a favor. I think that's one of the things. So you said just a second ago, God's sense of humor, which I think is incredibly evident, especially when you talk about marriage and parenting. But I think one of the things that it's not only God's sense of humor, it's also God's intentionality. I think about the the volumes that I learned from you as a parent, because you were so, you do tend to be more nurturing than I do. And you would instinctively think about what Emily or Joe was thinking or feeling or how they perceived something. And I was like, I don't really care. And I needed to learn how to think about it from the child's perspective, not necessarily change where the line was drawn, but maybe change how I would state that the line was drawn. And I learned that from you. So I could, so to go back to your statement about relationships and rules, having to go together, I got better on the relationship side learning from you, whereas the rules thing came more naturally to me. And I got better at the rules thing because I would try to explain to you, well, she was expecting this, or he thought I meant this, and you would say, interesting and... Irrelevant. Interesting (laughs) and irrelevant. And I would say, oh, you're right. And I would have to give the negative consequences even when I would tend to say, well, that is understandable. And right. so you were really the one who showed me that that is, it's understandable, but unacceptable. Right, and so right. understanding the difference between understandable behavior and acceptable behavior, our goal is acceptable behavior to empower them to understand acceptable behavior to operate in the world. It's not just about our home right now. Right. It's about positioning them for success in the world. Do you remember the time we were on the phone and this was early, like we had just moved to Austin and just started the church and we, you and I were on the phone and I heard Emily in the background say something to you disrespectfully. I, I don't even remember what it was, but she said something with a real edge in her voice. And I said, I said, Julie, don't let her talk to you like that. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> and you said, talk to me like what? I didn't even hear it. Because it was like, it was white noise at that point. But I remember thinking, Emily's life is not going to go very well if she grows up thinking it's okay to talk to authority figures like that or talk to anyone like that. Right, anyone. And so, but but you were neck deep in it day in and day out so that you had, you had almost... For survival, you kind of learn to tune stuff out. But you and I, again, that's where that team sport thing comes in. And I could kind of say, hey, that's that's not a good idea for Emily. And, you know, and I and I think that was one of the things, too. We had the way our family operated at the time was probably a more traditional, you know, I left and went to work every day and you were home with the kids 
you know, neck deep in it. You were boots on the ground, and I was kind of air support to a large degree. <laughs> I was involved and engaged, Definitely. but I wasn't there at the playground at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I wasn't there when they got home from school necessarily. And so that team sport thing really came into play where – because kids will try to divide and conquer. They, they learn at an early oh, age, yeah. if I can get mom over here and dad over there, then maybe I can get them playing against each other. And that was when you and I had to make sure that we stayed on the same page. Yes. Even when in front of the kids, we may disagree. You know, we say all the time rules with relationship, you know, build responsibility right. and respect, but rules without relationship build resentment and rebellion. And that understanding that both are important, that authoritative parenting, yes. which is, you know, right there in the middle, rules and relationship. They actually go hand in hand and they build on each other. But Emily and Joe both knew where I was concerned. They could make a lot of mistakes in this world, but if they were disrespectful to you, that was a non-negotiable. That was the kind of thing. I remember one time you were, you were in the middle of a, a tantrum vortex with Emily and you picked up the phone and she said, she so famously said, you better not be, be calling, calling daddy. Yeah. You know, because they knew. They knew you had my back. And, yes. and you know, I've, I've said this jokingly, but it's, it's really true. I wanted them to know I chose you. You chose me. We, we were husband and wife long before we were mom and dad. And they just showed up. So if it came <laughs> down to it, mom wins. Period. And they know that, and they still know that. And again, just like rules and relationship make a child feel safe, our relationship yeah. and our yeah. being on the same team actually makes them feel safe. We want to create an environment and a home, our the culture in our home, we want them to feel safe, right. to feel safe emotionally, physically, you know, all of that spiritually. You can ask any question, but... We are the authority, and I think that most people drift one way or the other. You drift toward the rules, or you drift toward the relationship. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's not bad. It just is. Understand your temperament and go, okay, this is my drift, but this is my responsibility. And we say that a lot. Discipline is more about a parent's responsibility than a parent's ability. You can learn. You can say, you know what? My drift is this way, but I understand my drift is toward permissive, but my child needs authoritative. Or my drift is toward authoritarian, but my child needs authoritative. And I'm going to work to do that. Both both people have to work. Absolutely. No matter your drift, <laughs> yeah, you lot. have to work toward that authoritative, and the I rules think, and relationship. I think, too, a, this is something that I, I we have seen a lot of times and, and, and honestly been guilty of ourselves a lot of times people will parent away from things they didn't like their parents did. For sure. Which is completely understandable. Nobody's parents are perfect. But the second you start parenting away from something, you're by definition not parenting towards something yes. else. And so I think that's why you have to have a really clear vision of what you want the temperament and the climate of your home to be. And that's what you're aiming toward. Parent towards something, discipline towards something, and not away from maybe the mistakes or, or maybe even the, the grievous harm that your parents did. That's, again, 
that's a part of your past and it's real and maybe maybe you've been through counseling or maybe you need to go through counseling to process that that's not your child's problem don't right. make it your child's problem so parent towards something and not away from something else and and some of the best parent some of the best discipline that i ever did was not in the moment it was it was after Maybe a blow-up had happened. Maybe we had had a moment at a, at a Chick-fil-A, you know, playscape or something like that. Hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically speaking. Yeah. But it was circling back, especially as our kids got older, it was circling back when everybody had decompressed. Nobody was crying. Nobody was angry. Nobody was, you know, eating their feelings. And you could just kind of go, hey, I want to go back to where we were earlier. Yes. That's not what we're aiming for. We, when a child is in the middle of a tantrum, when they, we say they're amygdala driven or a mom is yeah. amygdala driven or, or a dad, dad is in the middle is, of a tantrum, then we go, you know what? There's no logic. There's no compromise. There's no reasoning when you're all amygdala. And that's the fight or flight, the tiny right. almond sized part of your brain that drives that emotion. That is reaction. What we want to do is bring it to the prefrontal cortex and you cannot. And that's where your logic, your reasoning, your critical thinking that's what has to happen with discipline, yes. that we need our children in that space to hear what we're saying, to understand, because what is our job? It's not just to give the consequence. It is to teach, train, direct, and correct, yeah. and that's yeah. prefrontal cortex. And so we always circle back, circle back. Very little constructive discipline happens in the moment. Absolutely. You can give a consequence. You can get in the car. You can separate yourself. You can leave the playground. You can take the toy away. You can. But at that point, you need time. Child needs time to settle down. And, that, and that's where, you know, we were talking just a second ago. That's where when a child becomes disrespectful or a, a student, an adolescent becomes disrespectful, conversation's over. We're, we're not going to continue. You had such a great line. I'll never, I, I learned so much from the way that you communicate because you did empathize with our kids so much more naturally and instinctively than I did. As moms, I think we just feel what they feel, even I if they are have, our no complete question. opposites. No question. No question. I don't think anybody would argue that in general, in broad brush, generalized sure. terms. Yes. But I remember you saying to Emily, and I just thought that is genius. You said one time you said, Emily. There are no words that are going to come out of my mouth <laughs> that are going to make you understand why I'm saying whatever it was. And there's nothing that's going to come out of your mouth that's going to make me change my mind. We've talked about this long enough. I've heard you, and I'm not changing. We're done. She still cannot stand that, like to this day. <laughs> well, she's in, in fairness, she is only 27. Right. Oh, my gosh. It does send chills to her spine. But but I, I do think what we, we had a... We worked hard on the relationship. Mm -hmm. We worked hard on know how to disagree. Yes. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to explain your case at the right time with yes. the right tone. And so we say, you know, timing and tone are often more important than topic. And you so bet. You, bet. You, you teach them, teach, train, direct, and correct. That's part of the entire process. Discipline is not just about fixing one behavior. It's about mm -hmm. shaping a child's heart. And so we want to work on guarding that heart, preparing this kid for any situation that may come his or her way. And he or she is going to be in situations where he or she disagrees with an authority, where he or she has been misunderstood yeah. and needs to explain his case. And then we want to prepare them for that. It's not just about having a power trip in your home Absolutely. at that moment no. or at Chick-fil-A. It's about, okay, this is not a long-term plan here. Right, right. You can't just you know, get your way right every time you throw a tantrum. <laughs> I think one of the things, too, that 
that I know we did from time to time, not certainly not perfectly, but from time to time, and I was much more likely to lose my temper and than you were, but I remember those those times when I would go back to the kids and apologize for the way I had handled something. It was crazy to watch them respond, especially when they were younger and they weren't really used to it. It was new for for me to go back to Joe and go, "Hey, Joe, you know when when Dad got upset earlier, it's okay that I got upset with you. Sometimes when you love somebody, you're going to disagree and you're going to get upset." but I didn't handle it the right way and I'm sorry and I need to ask you to forgive me. And I remember him looking at his eyes just got as big as like saucers and he's like and you you can kind of see it for a second like kind of going, "Well, I don't know. I may forgive you, I may <laughs> not." But it's that it's that willingness as a parent to say, "I can mess up too and I'm sorry and I was wrong." That teaches your kids just without without saying a word about it, just by doing it, you show them by example. This is how you, you know, as, as our good friend Roy Spence likes to say, when you mess up, fess up. Yes. And, and I think as a parent, one of the things that that does is it buys you huge, it earns you credibility with your kids to let them know you don't think you're always right and you'll own it when you do blow it. There is, we talk about, you know, rules without relationship, the relationship part or rules with relationship. That relationship part is building trust. Mm-hmm. Every game that we played, every yeah. TV show we watched together, every meal we ate together. Whether, teaching them to laugh at themselves. Teaching that every time we apologize. Yes. Every time we did something together, it's building trust. Mm-hmm. Trust is built one interaction at a time because there will be a time, believe it or not, when they disagree with us, <laughs> but they have to obey anyway. Yeah. And that's the goal. Again, it's setting them up for that posture that they'll have. Our, we get to model healthy authority because then they will view God through that right. lens Absolutely. of authority that we teach them. Which and they're so, going to do anyway. Yes. And so the better we do this job, the better, the easier that job becomes. You, you remove barriers for them in their relationship with Christ, the more trust you build. And, and I think, you know, Emily said to me sometime this year even, she said, you know, obviously I didn't always like everything you told me to do or not to do, but I did after, at a certain age, I did know that you were always telling me that because you thought it would be best for me. You had my best interest in mind. And I thought, well, at least one thing I did well. That, if, if that was the message that got through, <laughs> yeah. that got through that's a you good thing. You did more things well, but I'm glad that um, you, you feel that in that, that one. Honey. Yeah, that's, it's true. I think they learned, you know, God is a perfect God. He will never have to apologize to them. But they, they understand grace. They see mm. that um, God loves them and God's rules, God's directives are there because he loves them and that their best life is lived submitted. And I think that's one of the things as a parent, sometimes you, and you have to learn how to do this at age appropriate levels, but to teach kids why the rule or rules that are in question are in place, teach them the why behind the what, so that they understand there really is a method to the madness. This is not arbitrary. And, and as you said, it's age appropriate as they're ready. And, yeah. and sometimes we explain the situation to the child as it's happening. Like, hey, uh, um, we're going to go um, to this party, but I want you to know that we're probably going to leave before you're ready. Yeah. And so when I say get in the car, that's going to be, I'm going to mean get in the car. And so let's talk about it. That's what I need you to do. That's the acceptable behavior. 
here's the positive consequence if you yep. do it. Yeah. And here's the negative consequence if you don't. And very matter of fact, and you have a plan in place and you're less likely to panic. And so you do and you explain that it's because we need to go. And we're going to need to go when I say we need to go. And you don't have to go into why. Kids don't have to understand moment, everything right, to obey. Right. But age appropriately, you explain. Yeah. And then when they get older, you, you know, this is for your safety. This yeah. is because I know more than you do. This is because, you know, we have this plan. This is And I need you to trust yes, me. Yes, this is because your actions affect others, whatever it is. Um, I think age appropriately, um, you can explain it. I, I think that's huge. But, I again, it's all about building trust. And let me tell you something. Parenting is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> no. It is not. No. And if you're not careful, it can drive a wedge in your marriage. Yeah. It can, if you're not intentional. We work on our, our parenting is our secondary job. Our marriage yep. is our primary because we know that a better marriage means better parenting. And I think it's important to to state for the record, let the let the record so show that there were times when we were on different pages. There were, yes. there were a lot of... Maybe not a lot of times, but there were numerous times where you thought we should do this and I thought we should do that. In those moments, we did our best, I think, to present a unified front to the kids, but then to be willing to in, enter into you know what Scott Peck calls the tunnel of chaos yes. in marriage and go, hey, why was that such a big deal? Why was that a life life and death issue to you about the kids over here? I, I didn't see it as that big a deal. Well, I did see it as a big, and so you got to be able to have those conversations as husband and wife, and and even then, the answer that you get to is less important than how that you, you get, get to it yeah. and how you get there. You know that you get to the same that you are on the same page, and very 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 few issues really and truly are life and death. I'm glad you said that because I, most of the time we feel angry about it. Yeah. Like I may be angry about something you do, or you may be angry about something I do. And you know, the Gottman's talk about the anger iceberg yeah. and anger is primarily a secondary emotion. Yes, we can be frustrated Most about certain things, it but is. it is almost always a secondary emotion. So if I'm feeling angry now at this point in our marriage, at this point in our parenting, I know enough to pause and first say, God, show me any offensive way in me and lead me to your way. And so I'll go, have I done anything wrong? Mm -hmm. And then I go, okay, I'll have my checklist. Am I hurt? Am I offended? Yeah. Am I afraid? Do I, yeah. Am I hurt, hurt offended, offended or afraid, afraid are That's my good. primaries? And then like, to be honest, am I tired? Am I hungry? Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Like, am I hurt? Offended, Low blood or afraid? sugar. Yes. Am I, am I irrational? Am, is my reaction disproportionate? Now I, I'm not going to talk myself out of having a difficult conversation, but before I have that conversation, I'm going to look at those things. Try to am understand why. Am I hurt, yeah. offended or afraid? Am I hungry or tired? Yeah. Those yeah. are the primaries. And I think, you know, for me, well, and this is true for the kids too. Most of the time when I would go to anger for me, and I think I would, I would guess most men are this way. The primary reason is usually because we feel disrespected mm. and, and we may not even be aware of it. Right. Like, because you were so intuitive as a mom you would you could you could knee jerk an answer that was ninety eight percent of the time dead right. Glad you feel that way because it wasn't oh, it wasn't actually ninety eight percent of the time. I'm glad that's your memory. And you would be so sure of it 
that if I said, well, what about this? You'd be like, no, 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 that's not what we're going to do. And I'd be like, oh, I don't think so. You know, because I felt, I felt like I had been slighted and, yeah, I, and, you didn't, and you didn't even mean it that way at all. And I had to remember, I had to, I had to come back to and go, okay, she really doesn't disrespect me. She's not trying to offend me. She's not trying to, to say that I don't have any value as a father. So calm down and let's have a conversation about it's it. It's so great that you say that because we have to do that with our children too. Because I react with emotion instead of respond with wisdom so often. Mm. And I have learned also that my anger, wait a minute, what's beneath the surface? What's under the iceberg? And then also empowering our kids. I wish I'd known so much more. If I had to do over again, teaching emotional vocabulary, Mm -hmm. just really from the youngest of ages. But but understanding that their tantrum Mm-hmm. Their frustration, their anger often is something else. From something else. Are they right. hurt, offended, you know, or afraid? Yeah. Are they hungry? Are they tired? Yeah. Um, and so not to excuse the behavior, but exactly. to explain it. And so in then, them or in me. Right. But if I can <laughs> if I can explain it myself, then I can circle back, not in the moment. Yep. In the moment, it's disrespect. We address it. I go back now connection before correction and so i'm going to go back to them connect with them and say hey buddy you know the way you talked to me was disrespectful i want to talk about that for a minute you know you're going to have consequences and you know negative consequences yes and let me explain why whatever and then why do you think you were feeling that way and empowering them maybe dig a little deeper why was i angry now listen I'm not saying that a three-year-old is going to figure out why he's angry. I'm not looking for a two-page essay. But if I can empower with emotional vocabulary, and if I can connect before I correct, I learn my child better. I help him learn himself better. I help her learn herself better. And I am always a better teacher when I've first been a student. That's so good. That's so good. And I think, too, you teach your kids that any emotion is okay. Yes, you can. It's it's okay to feel anything. What's what I think is so interesting, Emily and Joe on the surface. Emily's a deep feeler and Joe's just kind of out there having a good time. Joe is a very, very deep feeler, very, very deep feeler. But it wasn't as (laughs) wasn't nearly as overt as Emily was. And so. I remember thinking a lot of times, especially I think where Emily was concerned, because Joe usually Pretty much every day was a good day for Joe, usually. Right. And for Emily, I would be like, why are you act? Why are you, why is this such a big deal to you? And and by the way, we learned that everything was a big deal. Right. And there's, that's not right or wrong either. That just is. That's how God wired her up. And he called us to help her channel that effectively and appropriately so to learn, it's okay to have any emotion in the world. It's okay to feel something so deeply. And how you process that, how you verbalize that, how you treat other people while you're processing it is a big deal. Regulation is her responsibility. Yeah. But they're That's not born good. with that. They're born with big feelings. And they don't, that is not a single conversation to explain to a child. And that this or a is husband. A, right. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is an ongoing process. But go process. back to that. Regulation is their responsibility. Again, if you think about discipline as preparation and preparing them, teaching her, teaching him how to regulate 
the processing of those emotions, yes. how to how to regulate it, how to be able to say, okay, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm feeling. How can I say this in a way that's respectful and helpful that actually is is useful and not just, you know, yeah. spewing words. I, I need to think of another word that rhymes with it, but we want to help them, um, you know, articulate and regulate. Yeah. yeah. But there's got to be another eight that means we'll work on that. Yeah, I'm going to work. We'll on workshop that. that. But that is, yes. But we'll the. We have kids who have big emotions because we have big emotions. What are emotions. the odds? It yeah. must have been a recessive gene yeah, somewhere. Yeah, it must be. I don't know where those came from. <laughs> big feelings, big thoughts, and a lot of volume. Yeah. yeah it's quite a combo in our house. But that we just have to stay relentless. Yeah. I, I think stay in the game because we're going to be on different pages. There were definitely times when I had no idea what I was doing, and oh. you would step in and help me see things logically when I was – totally emotional or there were times when you were in it that's why it's teamwork yeah. again that's ideal but um all in all my calling is to embrace my responsibility your calling is to embrace your responsibility god has given us the responsibility to parent the children in our homes and i think too you always did such a phenomenal job and i i think i, I really think i can say always you always did a great job of building me up to the kids when, I'm really glad that's your memory because <laughs> I definitely, I tried, I tried. I don't, I don't remember a single instance and, and there may have been one. I, and I'm sure there were times when you were frustrated with me and that came out to the kids. I'm not talking about that. Or I was frustrated with you. We've got a really close friend. I remember one time they had, their daughter was three years old and they walked out of the house and he, he said to her famously, well, your mother's in a tizzy today. Ooh. Those kind of things yeah, happen. That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't shouldn't. go over well, though. No, they, that doesn't. But if I'm saying, you don't think that child went back and told her mother. Of course she did. Of course <laughs> yeah. she did. But I think to, I knew that you had my back where the kids were concerned. You knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I had your back where the kids were concerned. Again, for their sake. And by the way, for the sake of our marriage, which really matters. Yes. And we have learned since becoming empty nesters, we've mattered, We've learned how much that matters yes. because at a certain point they're gone. It's a long-term game. It's a long-term long long game. game. Yeah. We we're, we're in it for the long haul here. Um, but I, I do think so. I think that do not become weary, you know, and doing good for in the proper time you'll reap a harvest. Um, we're, we live that out as parents. And you will you get know? tired. You will. You will get tired. But only if you're doing it right. Only if you're doing it right. If you're in it to win it, then it is exhausting. Yeah, it is yeah. exhausting. But guys, we but don't get um, weary to the point of giving up. Don't get. Yeah. Don't toss in the towel. Yeah. Don't toss it. Take a break. Uh, but drink a glass of water. Take a nap. Do what you need to do. But take a you know lap around the block. Yeah. But don't give up. Um, well, Mac, thanks so much. We're we're so Thank glad you the that invitation. you joined us today, and can't wait to have you back. I can't wait to be back. I love me some fearless mom. I think I think what you're doing and your team is is truly remarkable and unique, and so it's fun to get to be a part of it every I'm now and so then. I'm so glad. Well, I hope all these moms get to see you in February um, for the conference, yeah. February 26th. The Fearless Mom Conference, our third annual. Can't wait. In person in Austin. And um, we will see everybody then. Go to fearlessmom.com to get more information about the conference. Mac, I don't know if you're aware, but you're doing a breakout. And I am. So, yeah. How exciting. Uh, yeah. And so um, <laughs> you'll get to see Mac live. And, I did not know that. Yes. And a video breakout. We um, cannot wait to see you guys. Um, and thanks again. I can't again. wait to do a breakout at the conference. That's right. Thanks again for tuning in. We're so glad you joined us today. 
You can get more resources and information at fearlessmom.com.